So I'd like to welcome everybody to the second Vegan Health and Fitness podcast. We are recording at Los Campeones Tempe. Again, we have the gym owner, Ryan Nelson, and our guest is Dr. Ben. Awesome. Yeah, well, uh, this is our second one here, and Dr. Ben, um, he got us started out on our first episode talking to me a little bit about how I got started, and now it's my turn to ask Dr. Ben what he's got going on, how we met each other, um, and this goofy style of chiropractic that he does. So, um, Dr. Ben, uh, tell me a little bit about you, dude. Uh, I, I know a lot about you, I feel like, but maybe I can learn something new here, too. I, I know you moved out here from California. I, I think you were already practicing some chiropractic at that time you were. Yeah. And prior to that, I feel like you were in Texas because I know you were um, working out at Bonebreaker's gym. And, but I feel like you were doing something different out there, like you were an engineer. Um, but I can't remember. So maybe you can just start it from the top for us and tell us a little bit about how you got started on your journey and the chiropractic, the vegan thing, and everything in between. Sure. So uh, real quick backstory. Grew up in Massachusetts and lived out there. Went to, also went to college in the Northeast in Pennsylvania. And then um, when I was about 22, like, like a year after college, I moved down to Austin. I had, a, I had an engineering degree, got a job working at this computer chip company and uh, was just basically doing that, living in Austin, um, you know, uh, so when is this, when are you living in Austin? Like 2005, 2010? I moved there in 2004. Okay. And then, uh, you know, maybe like 2005 started dating this girl who was vegetarian and I was like, Oh, I can get on board with that. That's cool. And just basically did like the, uh, junk food vegetarian thing for like four or five years. Oh wow. Okay. And yeah. so... From like a health perspective, how was the junk food vegetarian lifestyle for you? Uh, well, you know, I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought avoiding meat, you know, and avoiding like, you know, Whataburger, which is a fast food chain out there, McDonald's, that kind of stuff that I was like way ahead of the game. And so I thought from a health perspective, like I was, I was way ahead of everybody else, you know? And so um, it was kind of funny. I just you know, it was basically on a steady diet of like pizza and burritos and like takeout Vietnamese food. And, um, I was always lean my whole life. So I thought, ah, eh, it'll never affect me. But I was eating, you know, a lot of processed soy, a lot of like, you know, processed flour and just, you know, stuff that I know now is really not health food. So like a few years goes by and you're like, Hey, Maybe this junk food vegetarian lifestyle, I don't know. Is it affecting my health? Like, what's going on? Did you have some health stuff come up or what's up? I did, and it was not – I did not think my diet had anything to do with it at first, you know, because it, that wasn't in my sphere of influence. I was just basically like, – I started to run into uh, issues with uh, chronic fatigue, brain fog. My digestion got very terrible, and I think that was the main motivator for me to, like, start changing things up. Like you said – you had that girlfriend who had very severe digestive issues. I had very severe digestive issues. And I had other stuff going on like eczema. 
But, you know, when you're a young guy in your late 20s, you, you start to have health problems. You don't really do anything about it for a while until, like, the water really starts boiling you, you know? Like, the, the heat gets turned up, and you're like, yeah, whatever, I'm fine, you know? But, like, it started to get with the digestion where I was just, like, I would, after a lot of meals, I would be in, like, 9 out of 10 pain, like, just... You were, like, grabbing your gut, like, curled yeah. up in a ball or, yeah. like, running to the bathroom or, like, all of the above. Yeah. And so yep. you're like, dude, I got to start doing, like, these green smoothies or green juices or eat a salad or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't do anything about it initially. I just, like, took, like, different medications, like Pepto-Bismol, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm... There's dairy's a problem, so I'll just take lactate, were you know? You, were you having a lot of dairy as a vegetarian? Um, yeah, probably because I was eating, you know, le- less meat. So it was like, you go to a Mexican restaurant, what do you get? You get cheese enchiladas and they're just like coated in cheese. Right. So, um, cheese pizza. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, w- I, in my mind, I wasn't going out of my way to eat a lot of dairy. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I need to eat dairy cause I'm not eating meat. It was just like, cause that's your other option. Right. You know, I was living in Texas, you know, I, I was amazed I was a vegetarian there. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in the beginning, I was just, like, buy, you know, I would buy, like, the stuff that, like, was, like, the the Amy's, like, you know, dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free mac and cheese, you know, hoping that, like, it would make me feel better, and it kind of didn't, you know, and, uh, but I was really just, like, desperate to get this digestion thing fixed, and I was going to these doctors, and they, you know, they were just, like, you know, take the Pepto-Bismol, like, they weren't really giving me any answers to anything. And, uh, so I was just sort of forced to figure it out on my own. And, um, you know, I was eat, like I said, a lot of processed food and I wasn't really like cooking anything at home or anything like that. So, um, I had this mentality of like, I don't want to learn how to cook. I don't want to learn how to prepare my own food. Like that's just not, not something I'm going to do. So I had this mentality of like, okay, well maybe I can't, um, cook my own stuff. But like if I, if I make smoothies, like if I just throw stuff in the blender that'll be kind of like microwaving food right like Keep it you, easy yeah yeah like you it's a blender and a microwave work the same way like you open it up you throw the food in there you close the door <laughs> you hit the button and you know 60 seconds later you got your food right so that that it sort of it was something i was willing to do and um that's when you know my health really started to change when i started like so you the smoothie thing's working out for you. The the gluten free, soy free, mac and cheese, vegan, it's not working out. But you figured something out with the smoothies. Yeah. And what, yeah. Was, what was going into these smoothies? Uh, in the beginning, you know, whatever was in the fridge, you know. So I was like, you know, it would be like, you know, uh, some broccoli and a few pears and like a habanero pepper that was like hanging out and like just whatever, you know, it was like it was a veg fruit or a vegetable was getting blended together and like Hopefully it tasted okay, and there was definitely in the smoothies where I was like <laughs> holding the nose and knocking it back, right? And um, so I kind of get to a point where I'm like, man, I, you know, because the, the the Amy's gluten free mac, you know, soy free, dairy free mac and cheese was like it was kind of doing its job, but it didn't really feel like a whole lot better. Like I realized like that wasn't gonna cut it. Like I needed more, you know. And so um, the smoothies, you know, it was good, and I wasn't having trouble with the, the digestion when I was eating them, but there was, like, a taste problem. And I was like, man, you know, maybe I should, like, um, 
look up some recipes or kind of figure out what to do because just throwing whatever I have in the fridge in the blender like isn't always like getting me something that tastes good and that was kind of where I fell down the rabbit hole you go on YouTube this is like late 2010 searching smoothie recipes you know you're just gonna stumble on like a Boom, treasure train rider comes up yeah yeah Dan McDonald <laughs> all this all this stuff uh, comes up and I just get engrossed in it and I'm just like you know buying a whole bunch of produce at the store and like getting into like the concept of a raw food diet and just like feeling better and so like the digestion improves but all these other things that I didn't expect to improve get better like the brain fog goes away the energy goes through the roof. The eczema on my hands, I had this weird rash in my hands, um, just went away. And um, what, Is this like a month or six months or like how long are you doing these smoothies before you're like, dude, I'm feeling better? Um, I mean, I was feeling better after just like a few days or a few weeks. But I, wow. think, I think it was really like two to three months in was when I really saw like sort of took a step back and was like, oh, my God, like all these things have transformed in my health. Um, you know, this is like, this is way more. There's powerful something than it, to this. Yeah. At this point, you're you're like, dude, th- I'm doing this for a reason. Yeah, and I think one of the things that really catalyzed that was I was working out at this gym. Uh, it was like a personal training studio, and they would the tr- my trainer would track all my numbers. You know, as far as like um, weight, um, they would check your body fat percentage, and they would look at all your lifts to see like what your strength to rate weight ratio was and like how making sure you were progressing. Right. And so that they would have objective data to be able to show you to show that you're getting better and they could continue to sell you on getting more personal training. Right. They want to show you, you're getting results. You do that with your clients. I do it. I yeah. do it. Like yeah. you want to show them like, Hey, you're losing fat and gaining muscle. The data. You got to yeah. show them the data. It's yeah. working. Yeah. So they're doing that. And the, and this lady, Cindy sits me down she's like, Ben, like what, something weird's going on with you. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, your body fat's down super low. Your lifts just keep going better and better. Like all your numbers, like you are like our number one client at this, at this gym. Like, what are you doing? You know, like what's going, you must be like eating healthier or something's going on. Right. And what do you tell them? And so I'm like, Oh, funny. You should ask. Right. <laughs> like allow me to jump on my soapbox. I'm like, well, I'm doing this, you know, plant-based diet i'm just doing like a lot of raw fruits and vegetables a lot of smoothies and green juice and like i'm feeling the best i've ever felt and like that's so cool that like my fitness is going along with it that was just like confirmation more for me and she, you know it was like record scratch like wait what you're doing what <laughs> you know because i found out later that this gym was like a big time like paleo gym when all the, own, the owners were like really into the paleo you're like the black vegan sheep yeah totally and uh, she's like, well, you can't be doing that because, you know, you're, where are you going to get your protein? Where are you getting your protein, bro? But I'm like, but I've been doing this for like three months and you said I have the best results of like anybody who works out here. Like, is it, is it the anecdotal evidence? Like, isn't that enough to convince you? Um, so, uh, but anyway, they didn't quite get it, but I just kept working out there and kept, uh, kept getting the gains. Yeah. Yeah. Kept getting the gains. Um, so you're in Texas, you're in Austin, Texas, you're pumping up vegan you're an engineer still at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And sometime after this, you're like, dude, I got my health back. Like, yeah. Do I want to do this engineering stuff anymore? Or do I want to show other people how to get healthier? Where does that come in? Um, good question. So 
this was, you know, the journey started about two th- late 2010. By, by 2011, I went vegan, you know, initially for health reasons. But then as I researched into it and learned more about it, like, you just kind of can't get help but get hit, you know, sideways by all the ethical information and in the environmental information. Like, I was always considered myself a big environmentalist, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was, you know, the trifecta at that point, right? Or it's like the three main reasons people go vegan is like, you know, animals, environment, and um, health. And then, you know, in some cases, the fourth one, punk rock, which I wasn't really privy to. But, you know, the main three I was in there for, right? So um, it's like, uh, so at this point, I'm in, I'm like 2011. That was the year I turned 30. And uh, shortly after that, uh, uh, like the beginning of 2012, I'd been vegan for like a year. And uh, uh, my now ex-wife, we separated and later divorced and um that really like made and right you know i just turned 30 and it was just like that made me really reevaluate my life like okay i was in this relationship that i thought was like the you know it that didn't work out like what you know and also like you know i had this whole diet and lifestyle for most of my life that kind of didn't work out that got me sick that changed like a lot of my reality had been turned upside down and I realized that like the way things were wasn't so, and I had this new perspective on things and it made me reevaluate like, okay, what am I doing with my life? And I knew that I never really liked the, the engineering thing. Like, yeah, it made good money. I worked at this great company. We had office downtown, like right next to city hall, like right on, right on the Colorado river. Um, like it was a good life. It was a really good life. Yeah. Um, but I knew that like, I don't want to keep doing this when I'm 50. You know, I'm 30 at this point. Like, even I don't want to do this when I'm 40. Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, like, weird stuff happened at the job where, like, um, you know, like, we were this, this microchip company, and uh, we were really crushing it. And I remember, like, one time I was sitting in a meeting, and uh, what we would do was we would do these forecast meetings where we would figure out from the marketing guys, like, what the demand was for the mic, uh, for, from the customers for the microchips. And then we would try to figure out how to like, um, get all the supply and basically like build it in the factories. Right. And so you gotta, you gotta figure it out. Right. Cause if you build the wrong microchips, you can't sell them. It's wasted money. So you want to do it efficient. Right. So we'd have these meetings where the marketing guys would sit with the sales guys would sit with the factory guys and we figured out what we need to build. And that was kind of my job. And so like we're sitting in the meeting, we're waiting for the micro, the micro the, the marketing guys to come in and they're like oh man we just got back from beijing we had a we had a meeting with one of our main customers out there and they said that um this chip that we're selling they're going to start using it in this um blood sugar monitor for people with diabetes and the good news is everybody that the diabetes market is exploding okay so we're gonna and we're gonna make this chip we designed it back in 1999 we can manufacture it for like seven cents we're going to sell it to these guys for like 80 cents. We're going to just make money hand over fist. And like diabetes is going to be like, we're just going to We're going to capitalize in, on right? these people's illness. Yeah. Well, I mean, we thought we were doing a good, th- everybody thought they were doing a good thing, right? Like a blood sugar monitor, like basically like a little machine. You, you stab yourself with it. You put some blood in it. It tells you your blood sugar level, right? 
So everybody's thinking like, oh, this is good. You know, diabetes is going to be a bigger problem. It's not such a bad thing we anymore. We got a solution. Like, people yeah. can have diabetes. Yeah. And they can check their blood sugar. Yeah. Like we're not contributing to the problem, but at the same time, we don't really have a solution that fixes it, but we're, we have a way to make accepting it as a normal thing. Yeah. 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 And I know at this point, I know di- type two diabetes can be reversed on a plant-based diet. Like, you know, all these people out there doing the Western medicine thing, they're getting put on metformin, they're getting put on insulin, whatever. And I, and I like, I know now that that's basically a sham that like, it's a, it's an inferior solution. If you just want to do medication, you can never reverse the diet, eat a plant-based diet, or you can never reverse the condition. You eat a plant-based diet. You can reverse type two diabetes, no need to prick your finger every day. Right. And so I'm just like watching this go down and everyone's like, so excited. Oh, we're going to make so much money. We're going to help so many people. <laughs> like, Oh my God, you guys, don't you know, <laughs> like you can reverse diabetes. Um, and so that was kind of a, that was like a real catalyst to make me realize like, I'm never going to be able to convince anybody here of anything that's like interferes with them making mo- us making money. Right. Like I not going to have an influence here and I need to get out of this and do something else before I get, you know, before I get too old to, uh, or, you know, just like I got to do something new soon because the longer I'm here, the more I'm be stuck in it. So I always think it's interesting to like take a look at people's journeys, especially on this more plant-based vegan lifestyle. When people are doing something and make this transition in their nutrition, how then they position and align themselves as far as career-wise goes afterwards. And it seems like, you know, to some senses, like my story and your story alike um, aligning yourself more with the person you would like to see in yourself and in the world, you're taking these steps now from being an engineer in a job that you felt like wasn't contributing to the better of our maybe city, state, country, world, and now you're taking a step in a different direction. Talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's very easy to to, um, you know, get caught up in, you know, the sort of self-congratulatory narrative that you have at one of these companies. Oh, we're innovating all this stuff. Like we're making these, you know, um, we're making money selling modem chips into TVs in Japan. Like I had stopped watching TV at that point. Um, so yeah, there is this desire to like, you realize like, oh, the, you know, you kind of, I think everybody knows to some degree that the world's pretty messed up. But when you get introduced to plant-based diet, to veganism, and you realize that, like, how much of a solution it is, it's not a, it's not a panacea. It's not going to solve every problem, but it's going to greatly contribute to uh, bettering things like world hunger, inequality, um, the environment, like, so many things, right, that you're just like, this needs to get out there. Um, and so for me, I, I kind of thought, you know, hey – uh, when I w- had all these health problems and I was going to these doctors and just basically getting the runaround and no answers, like made me think like, I'm actually, you know, I'm pretty smart. Like I'm not a, and then go to medical school or anything, but like I know science pretty well. Like I could, if I took the time and really studied, like I could, and I went into practice, I, c- I would know way more than these guys and I could help a heck of a lot more people. And I kind of wanted to be that guy that was there for people like me that I didn't have back, you know, 10 years ago, uh, nine years ago when I got sick. 
And so that's when I just sort of realized, like, man, who, who else is going to step up and do it? Like, nobody, right? And so um, so I was in Texas, and I thought, you know, at first I thought I wanted to go to naturopathic school because that's that would be, like, I didn't want to do drugs or surgery. Like, I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to not do those things. Like, I didn't want to offer people that because I knew just that those weren't the best options for getting people well from chronic disease. So... I looked into it and I was like, oh, well, you're in Texas, naturopathy, becoming a naturopathic doctor isn't really an option because they're not licensed in Texas. Like you could do it, but you wouldn't really have a lot of scope and a practice of what you could actually do. So, um, so I thought, eh, ne- next bet, I could just go be a chiropractor. Like why not? I could basically function as a de facto naturopath and just do that. And, uh, you know, irony, of course, being I never came back to Texas. I went to school in L.A. and then uh, wound up in Arizona where naturopaths have, like, the best scope of any state in the country as far as, like, what they can do. Um, But, you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like, I'm glad uh, certain things happened along the way that I'm like, man, I'm really glad I'm doing chiropractic. And I'm glad not that there's anything wrong with being a naturopathic doctor. Some of my best buddies, some of my best colleagues are naturopathic doctors. And I think I get along better with naturopaths than I do other chiropractors a lot of the time. Um, but I'm really glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now. So Okay, so you're out in LA yeah, and you're going to school out there and they're like, this is how you do it. You, you thrust hard into their back and you snap their necks and cash their checks. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go around and I'm going to Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, chiropractic, boom, 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 make the money, help these people out, maybe give them some nutrition guidance, I'm vegan at this point, and, and, and do my thing. And then you told me you stumble into this guy, and he brings you to a clinic. Well, sure, let, let, let's back stuff. it up. Because, okay, back it up a little bit. Because, um, you know, it wasn't really like, in my mind, I was like, okay, I got to learn all this adjusting stuff because, like, it's chiropractic school, and that's what I got to do to pass the board. And yeah. maybe I'll do a little bit of it here and there when I'm out in the field, but, like, really, I don't care too much, you know? Like, okay. Um, you know, but it, it was a series of events happened that changed my mind on that. And the school was very much, like, it was so medically oriented. Like, they really were actually pretty anti-chiropractic and pretty anti-natural healing, and it was more, like, let's prepare you to kind of look and talk and act like a medical doctor and know the names of all these obscure diseases and be able to refer things to other medical doctors. But like, don't get too invested in chiropractic because, uh, you know, like people won't accept you. Like medical doctors won't accept you. So I was pretty annoyed by that. I was like, damn, whatever. Okay. Um, but I was kind of always on my own schedule with things. And, um, and so, you know, I was eating like a hundred percent raw vegan when I was living in LA in school. And I was just like, I was loving the Asian markets, the Asian markets, the wholesale markets, the foraging. Um, it was just, it was, it was awesome. Happy, healthy, vegan, Ben chiropractor in Los, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, um, so I was kind of doing that and, uh, it was like new year's Eve, 2015. One of my dogs dies. So Maybe my dog Tuesday will show up in some of the camera shots, but uh, he had a younger sister named Chloe who unexplainedly passed away on New Year's Eve, and uh, it, it, you know, it sucked. Like let's let's be honest, it's a bummer. It's yeah. a bummer. But it was like I'm in school. I got the first board exam coming up. I gotta put my game face on and just kind of forget about it. And um, so, but uh, like 
later that a few months later, I meet this dude who comes to my school and gives a talk. And um, he wasn't vegan or anything. I was very skeptical of almost anybody, especially people who were like not healthy looking, you know, to, to give me any sort of advice on like how to practice, what to do with patients, how to run a business, any of that. Like I was just very like, eh, if you don't look the part, like I don't want to listen. Uh, but this dude, I could tell he was on to something. And so I met him. I was like, can I get your business card? Can I just come shadow your office one day? And it wasn't until like a little while later that I came and shadowed his office and was kind of like, the way he did things was not like anything I had seen. It before. was pretty different. Yeah. Yeah. And so in your head, you're like, this is good or this is not good. Uh, I was just sort of like, this is weird, but I'm just like, I'm here for the day. You know, it was in West Hollywood and I was living in about an hour away or more. So I'm like, Hey, I drove all this way, you know, like I'm going to stick it out for the day and just kind of see what happens. And like, just, take it all with a grain of salt but not dismiss anything either at the same time and um so you gotta understand like the school clinic where i was at it was all medicare patients like all these old people and um i was not used to the clientele they had which was like hollywood people like they had like pro skateboarders and like paparazzis and like actors and actresses were like this guy who this guy serviced you know so that was kind of weird and then he was doing this like light touch thing um, with people that didn't really make any sense. Like he would just barely touch them with his thumb, like just do that on them. And they, some of them would like move and flap around and um, everybody seemed to love it. And I thought like, okay, this is kind of weird. So you it's know. not cracking backs and bending arms. It's, it's um, lightly he, touching them. He was doing a little bit of the traditional stuff, but what I didn't know was at the time he had just sort of in the past few years learned this new technique and was like integrating it in and was like transitioning over. But, um, and now he does mostly that, but um, at the time it was sort of 50-50. And so end of the day rolls around and uh, he's like, okay, well, you know, um, Ben, why don't you get on the table? I'll work on you just kind of show you how this all works. And, you know, I've been there all day and seen all this crazy stuff go down. And, um, and I'm like, ah, dude, you know what? I'm good. I think I got adjusted at school yesterday, you know, like in, in, in lab, you know, by one of my other students who was probably like cranking on me way too hard. <laughs> and, uh, like, I'm good. You know, I don't think, I think I don't, I don't, I don't need it. And he's like, Ben, come on. You, you, you drove all this way, you know, like you spent the whole day here at, I, I'm guessing you probably think it's bullshit. So what, why don't, what you can do is you can get on the table and then see what happens. And if nothing happens, then at least you can be vindicated in your own beliefs and know that it was bullshit and drive away and not have to wonder, you know. But, like, you wouldn't want to just, like, leave now and always wonder, like, what if you tried it? Like, you have to think about that. Like, that would just kind of be rough, right? So I got you. He got me big time. I was like, okay, all right, throw it at me, you know. Like, let's see what happens. I'm... I don't know, you know, and, um, you know, as soon as he touches me the first time, like I feel like my sacrum, like my low back wants to just move. Right. And then my body's wanting to like release tension, which he told me would happen. Like basically I would touch you in a certain way and then your body would want to release tension as opposed to me forcing the tension out of you. So I start to move and he does a few more. And then all of a sudden, like his memories of my dog dying, they start flooding back. Like, 
just like in the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they're in the toll booth and they're like phone booth and like shooting through time. It's like like memories are like coming back at me, right? And this and was stuff you didn't really deal with. The stuff I didn't, yeah, suppressed emotions, grief, you know, because I never really cried too much about my dog. Maybe a few tears here and there, but I kind of knew. I was like, this like, I should probably be grieving more, but like, oh, you know, it's school and I got to put my game face on. And I got to be tough. So like, whatever, you know, I'll deal with it later, you know, which is put it in the back of my mind. Right. Which is what's the back of your mind? Well, it's your spine. OK, so the trauma was stored within my system and this basically released it. It all came flooding back. I was like bawling on the table and I'm still like moving. and I'm like, oh, you know, like crying, but like moving on the table. And I'm still going and. And, you know, I get up and he's like looking at me like not with like a smug look, but like an understanding look of like I see this stuff all the time because this is the work that I do. And we kind of had a conversation about my dog and everything. And um, and uh, and I guess I didn't explain that also um, at the beginning of the year I had uh, started this online training program. I was training with this dude who um, who's like this uh, vegan um calisthenics guy he's, I don't even know I don't even know if he's still around but his game was Callus Vegix and he's based out of South Africa and he wrote me this this training plan and I was doing it but um, I started getting this problem with my shoulders would hurt when I was doing uh, pull-ups so I kind of had to ditch the training plan and it was weird I would have this shoulder pain only when I did pull-ups and I went to like the school clinic and they were like doing all these orthopedic exams on my shoulder and like doing an ultrasound and like lasers and all the stuff to try to to fix the shoulder problem, and it never got any better. And I got really frustrated. No one could diagnose what was wrong with it. And um, anyway, the next day after uh, this guy, Dr. George, had, had uh, worked on me, um, I went to go um, to go do a pull up on the bar, and it was like the shoulder. It was like nothing was ever wrong with the shoulders to begin with. Like totally, the shoulder wow, problem. Wow. So the the treatment then. The next day, you were like, dude, this is a movement that's been hurting me, but now doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Whatever he did yesterday was pretty powerful. Yeah, I think it took me like a few more days to really put the pieces together. Um, to really like accept like everything that had happened. Um, because it was, it was pretty, you know, I mean, what I'm describing was I was not prepared for. Um, so, it, yeah. It, it took a little while to put the pieces together. Like, wow, okay. Like, I just had this, you know, this weird, unexplained shoulder problem that went away. There's all this trapped grief in my body. Like, I didn't really believe that, like, emotions could be stored in the body or that, like, you know, physical work on someone's body could, like, re- release emotion. Like, I'd heard of stories like that, but I didn't really believe it was true. And then I experienced it firsthand. I'm like, oh, I guess they were right. Like, oh. So, so then what? So then you're like, well... Now I know what kind of chiropractic I want to do. Yeah, well, I was like, I guess I got to go learn this stuff. I was still skeptical, but I was like, I'm going to go learn it, you know. Um, so I took a seminar, and then I was pretty much, yeah, I, w- I, was, I was pretty much hooked on that by that point. When they told me that they did a study of people who, this is called, it's called network spinal is the name of it, that, that people who went under care with network spinal, they studied all these health parameters, not just like how good their backs were feeling, but like how they felt about their life, how their relationships were, um, all these other parameters, like were they smoking? 
and they looked at like before and after and, the, and these people changes in these people's lives and people quit smoking, started exercising, started doing yoga, ate healthier was another like people ate healthier because they went under this type of care. I was like, oh, well, this is what I need to be doing because like if, if this, if I can touch somebody's back with my thumbs and it makes them eat healthier, like that's, I don't know of any other thing out there that, you know, does that to people. So that's the thing I need to learn to do. So, yeah. So you start down this networking, chiropractic, soft touch theory. Yeah. And then bone breaker hits you up. Who, what happens where you're like, no more California. I'm coming to Arizona. Um, what's going on there? So, okay. So that, that explains some, that needs to explain something. So early before I found network in school, Dr. Goldhammer had come to um, my school to give a talk. And if you don't know who he is, he runs the True North Health Center in uh, Santa Rosa, California, Northern, Northern California. Uh, it's a vegan, um, plant-based diet and uh, fasting center. Okay. Um, and if you watch the movie, What the Health, um, a lot of the transformation stories uh, take place there. A lot of the doctors who are interviewed work there. And so I was, my dream was to like intern there and get a job there. Um, but, uh, so I move up there. I do like my whole last semester of chiropractic school counts as just interning there. And I'm like, you know, studying under Dr. Clapper. He's making the other interns cry. I'm seeing crazy, um, people do like 40 day water fast reverse, like, um, you know, autoimmune disease, uh, type two diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, people, um, uh, things I probably shouldn't even say on recording of like what I saw because um, it just people wouldn't believe me. Um, and Santa Rose, just to yeah. m- make sure, like, are we Santa Rose? Like, that's up in San Fran Bay Area, kind of. Uh, Santa Rosa is about an hour north of San Francisco. Okay, so it's so like you're wine country. In Northern California. Yeah, and you're uh, you're doing like some interning last yeah. little bit of chiropractic school stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so the plan was like get a job there and just do my thing. But I kind of also knew I was like, man, I really want to do network and they won't be cool with it there. And so I kind of knew that the writing was on the wall that I wouldn't get a job. So I was kind of bummed to still find out that I didn't get a job there. So I kind of just was like, oh, I'm going to bootstrap it in the Bay Area, try to start my own practice. And like it was just, I mean, it was just brutal up there. Like the cost of living so high, you know. Um, so eventually I'm like, uh, I hate it here. I need to get out of here. And bone breaker was like, Hey, well, why don't you come down to Phoenix? We got a good vegan fitness community. You know, it'd be a much better place for you. So I'm like, eh, let's give it a shot. You know? So then a year and a half later, here I am. Yeah, dude. I remember meeting you and, and we talked about this in the first episode, um, of, of the mutual friend of ours, bone breaker and uh setting up the trade for personal training and chiropractic and you know i'd been around a lot of chiropractic before that um and bone breaker kind of saying like this is a little bit different style of chiropractic and i was like okay i'm I'm open to different and then you got into town yeah and and we met each other right away yeah and we started the trade yeah and i remember just thinking like man here goes nothing on this guy. Like, you know, he's like six foot two, 240 pounds or six <laughs> foot four, 240 pounds, like giant. Okay. You know, he's, he's vegan. He might be into some things that are not so mainstream or kind of strange. 
He's but gonna like, be open-minded. he's gonna be open-minded. But like, I really don't know if he's gonna be down with this, right? Because you gotta be really open-minded. Yeah. 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 This is like pretty open-minded stuff. So yeah, I just I remember. I'll let you talk here, Ben. But yeah. I remember laying down on the table the first time, and you're like, "Okay, there's not gonna be any big adjustments or anything. We're just gonna like scan you over and kind of see what's going on." And then. Yeah, I start noticing some significant changes pretty in tune in the tensions in my body. I mean, I just remember, like, like working on you and being like, hey, he's going to get off that table. And, you know, like a lot of people, I've worked on people who are skeptical and they get up and they're like, whoa, I wasn't really expecting anything at all to happen. But, like, but I'm thinking, you know, I saw people were like, man, I didn't really feel anything. So when you got up off the table and you're like, dude, whoa, I was like, all right. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so what did you feel that first time I worked on you? Yeah, I just kind of felt like, okay, well, he's doing some good stuff here and how I can feel my, my body like naturally moving into alignment. And he's doing this thing where he keeps checking my feet. And it seems like when he grabbed him when we started and when he grabbed him here when we're finishing up, there's a lot less tension in my feet. And I'm asking him, dude, what's up with, like, you keep looking at, you, che- you keep checking my feet, dude. Like, what's up? What, what are you doing there? Because I wanted to know. And he's like, okay, well, that's where I check the tension at. And I'm putting it together. And I'm like, okay, every time we meet up, he's checking the tensions. And I'm checking the tensions. And when we finish up, I got a lot less tension in my feet. So what's that doing in my body physically? And what's that doing in my body mentally? And I'm like, we're doing this trade here in a couple months, three months goes by. And like my life is, it's, it's going good. Like we're just getting into Phoenix, both of us kind of, but like things are starting to happen a little bit. And in the first, in the first episode we mentioned, like got the gym going, things started going the right direction there. Body's feeling good and good things just keep happening in my life. So I keep seeing Dr. Ben here and I'm really digging what he's doing start introducing him to some of my clients. And then Dr. Ben, you're in Phoenix here. You're getting going. What's going on when you get to Phoenix here? I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I know we are both doing the same job for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, when I first got here, I, you know, it takes a while to get licensed in a state, right? Like I had my California license, had to get relicensed in Arizona. That's, you know, through a state agency, it takes time. So I'm driving Lyft we were doing like landscaping jobs. We were just just hustling, you know, trying to make cash, you know. You guys we go- were together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, it was like I got you into driving lift, and that's how you sort of stumbled across this gym that you found, right? That yeah. eventually became this gym that we're at now. Yep. And I know, like, same boat. We're both just moving here. We're doing our best to establish ourselves. We're both driving lift. And starting to kind of get an idea of what we want to do in this city and what we want to build. And we're kind of small talking about, you know, what we can do as individuals and as a team to help this community out and to show people this vegan lifestyle. And, and so we're going down this road of trading each other. And, and I get the gym and Dr. Ben starts practicing here in town when he gets his license and building up his clientele and it's been a, it's been a year now since basically yeah you know, over a year for both of us yeah around a year that we've both been like 
pretty committed to, to what we're doing and have dropped the lift driving out. And, uh, yeah, I feel like, like both of us are really in alignment now, and we're happy to have Ron here with us today, Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine, <laughs> um, sitting down for this second podcast second episode. Podcast. So, like, a year and a half ago, you were both doing lift and landscaping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That happened quick. Like, yeah, all was, of this has happened quick. Do you think that when you're like living with a healthy mindset and trying to get better and trying to do good that you make room in your life for good things to happen to you? Um, yeah, I would say so. You definitely have to have a positive mindset and you have to be able to like think outside yourself of like, okay, you know, because it can be, it can be very easy to be like, I want to do this cause I want to, I want people to like me or accept me or I want to be successful, you know, but like, what is that success? Well, ultimately when you're in a, when you're in a job or you're in a career that's all about service, whether it's helping, you know, basically for both of us, helping people with their health and fitness, like you really have to be thinking about who you're servicing and have your outcomes for them in mind. Because if you're only thinking about yourself, you're just going to run around in circles. Yeah, I think for both of us, it really came back to that like alignment of, you know, helping others and, and in doing that, being able to do something bigger than us and for the greater cause. And I know Ben uh, kind of spoke on some of the reasonings like the animals, the environment, the health. Um, and when it comes down to it, I, I think both of us, the same reasons there, those three reasons really stand out for all of us. And it's, and it's beyond either one of us. It's for the greater cause. And I think when we made those decisions to really align the career path that we both have chose, that it's for us to best serve others and it's far beyond us. And over the last year and a half, that transformation has really happened so fast because it's something that is very deep into our heart uh, and that we're very passionate about. And I think that's why we've both been very successful in getting to where we have and being able to help um, a lot of people in the community and outside the community. It's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah, it's good. I know you've been able to uh, witness it a little bit yourself, Ron. Yeah, past few months getting to know you guys. I, I just see people gravitate towards both of you, and they like that positive energy that you're putting out, and they like that, that your message is making the community better. You know, example is the best form of activism, you know? So it's like... Do we get another involved in uh, other forms of activism? Heck yeah, I've done my fair share of you know the Cube of Truth and disruptions with direct action everywhere, and um, you know visit farm sanctuaries. But I feel like both of us, given our you know talents and abilities and educations and experience, like we can offer things sort of unique that no one else can. And, and I feel like we have an obligation to do those things, whether it's like, you know, practicing as a chiropractor or, or running a, running a, a gym or whatever it is. It's like, that's how we can best serve. And so we're under, under some degree of obligation to everybody to do that. I agree. It's been great talking with you guys. Awesome. Sweet. Awesome. I am looking forward to episode number three. Episode number three. Okay. Yeah. We got to We got to um, start uh, hitting some people up and getting them on the show. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get that out there to all of our social media followers, what you want to see on the up and coming vegan health and fitness podcast here with Ron Ferguson and Dr. Ben and myself. 
Ron, you want to sign us off? Uh, I hope everybody out there listening or watching um, keeps an open mind. And, you know, when they experience this episode that they're, you know, left with some really cool things to look into. Thank you.